All right, good evening, let's go. So, we are up to Daf Lamid, and we got to, we are actually on Daf Lamid Amr Aleph, we're up to the fourth line, Amr of Pup. So, to give a quick recap of the sugya that we're in. So again, we're up to the fourth line. This sugya begins on the bottom of Chavtes Amr Beis, where we discussed that the, um, the Mishnah gave a rule that in the Beis Hamikdash, right, we said the rule was that anybody who defecated went to the mikveh completely. Whoever urinated sanctified their hands and feet. And the Gemara said, I understand why they sanctified their feet because you could get uh, drops of urine on the feet. And the Kahanam did the Avaidah in the Beis Hamikdash barefoot, right? So it makes sense why they need to wash their feet. But why do you got to wash your hands? So we said, because there's a concern that um, if people have droplets that land on their garments, we want them to use their hands to rub it away so nobody should suspect them of being a kroshivcha, a sterile person that has no power either with, their, uh, with anything that comes out of their aver, okay? Anything that comes out of their male organ. Um, and and uh, that's how we ended off, yeah? And that, that's the reason why we sanctify our feet because the droplets that get on our feet and our hands is just in case. There's droplets there. So we always do Kiddush Adayim Raglan. Once we mention that, and that's what we're up to now, the Gemara now until the Mishnah, okay, about, until about two-thirds of the way down on the Amud, is going to discuss this topic of uh, bathroom ideas and different halachos pertaining to bathrooms. Amar of Papa, of Papa says, Saya bim kaima. Rashi understands this to mean if a person has excrement at the entrance of their, I think it's called the rectum. Yeah? So if a person has tsaya there, if a person has excrement there, even if it's just by the entrance, usur likrais kriyashma. You're not allowed to recite Kriyashma. Okay? Now, what exactly is the circumstance that we are referring to? Ask the Gemara, Hechi Dami, what's the case? What's going on? Idaneris, if it's noticeable, if the excrement is noticeable, Pshita, of course you're not allowed to say Shema. Idaleneris, and if it's not noticeable, the Torah is not given to Malachi do we need to be OCD about making sure that our bodies are completely clean of any excrement and filth before you walk into a shul? No, you go to the bathroom, you wipe yourself clean, and you, and you leave the house. Right? The Torah is not given to Malachi Asharis. And therefore, ask the Gemara, why are we so concerned that if there's Sayyidim Kaima, if Sayyidim Kaima means that you mamish can't say Shema, if you have any sort of excrement on your body, that's impossible. All right? And for the Gemara, the Gemara answers like Nitzrcha de Yoshev I'll tell you why it's a problem. Do you know, you know where it's a problem where you have excrement and now let us say Shema? Is when you're sitting and it's noticeable. But I made the Ananiris. When you stand up, it's no longer noticeable. Okay? So, over there, since it's not noticeable on the uh, body when a person is, is uh, standing up, uh, th- th- it's going to be allowed to recite the Shema. Okay, says Gemara, one second. How's it different if you have tzaya, if you have excrement on the body, 
inside the back, okay, the, by, by the rectum. And if it's noticeable, then you're not allowed to say Shema. But if it's not noticeable when you stand up, you're allowed to recite Shema. Says Gemara, why? If you know, we know there's a halacha. That when a person has tzayu, when a person has filth, has excrement on their body, or if a person's hands even enter the area of a base Ravuna Amar Ravuna says, Okay? So according to Rav Papa, who's he agreeing who's who's Rav Papa agreeing with? Because he's saying that it's gonna be Asr. So who's her papa following? He's not following Rav Chizda, and he's not following Ravuna, because he's saying, if there's ever Tzayabim Kaima, Asr Likris Kriyashma, and now we're saying, no, it's not true. The only time it's going to be Asr is if you have excrement that is, you know, that is only not noticeable due to, the, uh, due to it being covered by one's clothing. So Gemara says, oh, Bim Kaima Nafish Zuama. Okay? Here's the Gemara's answer. The Gemara says, you know, we could make a discrepancy. You could say a difference between the location of where the Tzaya is. If the Tzaya is in its place, okay, meaning by the, you know, by the, by the rectum, so nafesh zuam. Therefore, everybody's going to agree that when the excrement is noticeable in that area, it's considered like, like come on, it's, that, that's, you're not clean. It's considered like you're not clean, all right? And everybody would agree that it, um, there's, there's an added element of concern. And it's going to be problematic because you have first the area of the body itself is stamazoya problem, plus the excrement is there, so you got a bigger problem. But shalaybim kaima lainafish zuama. But if it's shalaybim kaima, if it's not in a place of filth, so then you're going to have the machlaikas about, uh, you know, if a person has excrement on a different part of the body, so Tzai al the regular area of the body, so there Ravun is going to say, you're allowed to say Shema, Rav Chist is going to say that it is not permitted to say the Shema. Okay? Again, so we would think, very often we would think the opposite. We say, listen, if it's by the, you know, if it's by where it's supposed to be, all right, come, you know, it is what it is. But actually it's not, because it, the Gemara is kind of viewing this like it's a double issue. First of all, the place on the body is the problem. Second of all, that the excrement is there. Okay, period. Last b'risa on this topic. Tanra upon the rabbis learn, so should we, Allah b'suda. These are the Allahs when it comes to a meal. Allah the person leaves the table because they, he needs to urinate. Here's what, you, here's what you should do. You should wash the hand that touched the urine drops and go back to your meal. What if a guy ends up schmoozing with his friend about the local sports scores for two hours? Then you got to wash both hands and then you could go back to your meal. Why? Because when a person gets involved in uh, long conversations, so your hands could touch places of filth, places of dirt that are dirty or that are usually covered. And I may not even notice because I'm so involved in my conversation. Okay? And when he washes, he shouldn't wash outside and then come into the meal. Because people aren't going to know that he washed his hand. You should go in, sit down, and then wash your hands. 
and then you should pass the pitcher around. Okay, therefore, you're basically letting everybody know, I know I left, but don't, uh, don't be concerned about it because I am uh, I'm washing my hands. Amar of says, lishtais, the only, uh, this halacha only applies that you should wash when you're back inside um, if you only want to drink but if a person plans to eat again, then you could wash and come back in. Everybody knows that, listen, if you're going to be eating food and touching food with your hands, for your own personal hygiene, you certainly washed your hands. Okay, It's only when you're going to be drinking from a cup and you're not directly touching it that, we, that it's important to let people know that, you know, don't worry, I, you know, I did the washing. But otherwise, people will assume because a normal person is not going to sit down and touch their, their uh, meal with dirty hands. He says, you should know that for me, um, I am very, what we call finicky uh, when it comes to hygiene, when it comes to cleanliness, and people know that I don't touch nothing without, uh, without putting on hand sanitizer, you know, without washing my hands with soap. And uh, therefore, he says, for me, you know, if I walk into a room, I could wash outside the room. Because if I walk back in, everybody knows that it's, um, that it's washed. Okay. Period. End of that um, topic. Uh, and uh, now we continue on with the mission. Again, why did we mention that? Very interesting. We, the reason why we mentioned that whole idea, that whole sugya, is because yesterday we learned in the Mishnah that there's a rule in the Beis HaMikdash, a person who who um, defecates, does a complete mikvah, a person who urinates, does kiddush yadayim braglayim. We said, ah, why are you washing your hands? Your feet, we understand, because the droplets. Why are you washing your hands? Because you're going to take your hands and rub it in so you don't look like a cruel shivcha. People aren't going to start talking about your kids. And once we talked, started talking about the washing of the hands, we got into this whole conversation about uh, you know, different ideas and halachas when people need to use the restroom. Period. Here we go. Says the next Mishnah. All right. Fascinating Mishnah. You ready for this? Anybody here, by a raise of hands on Zoom or in the room, ever been on the Harabais? Everybody been on the Temple Mount? No? Okay. Good answer. You obviously... Uh, you haven't, uh, you haven't hung out with my uncle uh, too many times. <laughs> my uncle Maish uh, goes up on the Harabayas, and he, apparently he's got groups over there. But we don't do that, right? We don't do that. That's not, uh, not, for, our, uh, not for our circles, okay? Uh, we have different... He's a gadol, he's a big time and We have different gadol, but we don't go up in the Harabayas. We don't do that. Now, there's a concern that when you go up in the Harabayas, you could be chayv karis. So there's certain areas, if you go up, and uh, we're tummy, okay. So, so um, you know, it's uh, it's it's very risky, unless you know. Okay, my uncle Maish, uh, he's a big talmud chacham, and he has every right to paskin, you know, for him and his his uh, followers. Um, but he feels he knows exactly where on the harabayas to be, and they go to the mikvah and they do what they do. Okay, but we have uh, we follow our our gedolim, and our gedolim tell us not to go. We don't go. This mission is going to tell us, let's read this inside. 
Nobody ever was allowed to enter the Azara, the courtyard of the Beis Hamikdash, la'avaida, afilu tahar, even if he's tar, ad sheyitva. They always, always, always went to the mikvah. Gemara will explain why. We might say, one second, one second, one second. What's the purpose of mikvah? To make you tar. Why is the Mishnah saying, you're not allowed to go to the Azara to do the Avaida when you're tahar, unless you go to the mikvah? Do you ever find the person goes to the mikvah to be metired tara? No. Right? Where else do you want? That's an interesting concept which the Gemara is going to have to explain. Where this emergent is coming from if somebody knows that they're tar. All right? But that's halacha number one of the Mishnah. Halacha number two of the Mishnah, what we'll call the, uh, the Seifa of the Mishnah. And this is going to, this is going to be the, the second half and wrap up the Mishnah. The Kain will go to the mikvah five times on Yom Kippur and do Kiddush Raglaim ten times. The Kulam Bakaydesh Ad Al Parva. And the mikvah was on the Beis Parva that we are all so familiar with, that special room that had the mikvah on top of it. Chutz Mizu Bovad. Except for the first Tevila, the first Tevila of the day. Okay? Um, so the um, the tefillah did not the first tefillah day did not need to be done in the azara. It did not need to be done in the uh, the courtyard area. We'll get to this too, Mertoshim. Persu sodin shabbutz. They would spread out sheets of linen, between him and the people for tznius. Okay, and kiddush yadav veraglim, and he did kiddush yadayim veraglim. Okay, all right. So we'll get into this as Hashem as well. If you're only sanctifying your hands and feet, what's this whole idea with spreading out the, the sheets to separate, right? What exactly is uh, what exactly is the issue over here? Okay. So we'll get into when that sheet was spread out. Let's see the Gemara. Here we go. Zok the Gemara. About eight lines from the bottom of Daf Lamid Amud Alif Shalu Espenzaima the Espenzaima Tfila Zulama. The Kayin Gadol on Yom Kippur. I'm sorry. Let's, let's focus on the first halacha. A Kohen doing the Avaidah, who's Tahar, went to the Mikvah. Lama, why? Amar Lahem. Ben Zayimah said, Umam because listen to this logic. Ready? It says Ben Zayimah. Umam Hashanah, the Kaydish. Just like when the Kayin Gadol switches the Avaidah from one Avodah to the next Avodah on Yom Kippur. Is he tahar in between avaydas? Absolutely. He doesn't become tame at all. Still, we say he goes to the mikvah in between avaydas. And from one place of kares, where you could be chayv kares, if you go there tame, to another place where if you go there you're tame, ton we say, we tell the kayan, the kayan gadol, to go to the mikvah. The person who's first showing up to the beis hamikdash, first showing up to the azara, yeah. From his house. Your house, there was no Chiyav Karis, and you're going to place Amish Karis. So, we had a question. The question was in the Mishnah why are we demanding that somebody who's tar go to the mikvah? Where do you even find that concept? Ben Zayma says it's, a, it's logic. 
you're right that you're not going to the mikvah because there's a chi of mikvah. As far as Tumah is concerned. But there's a chi of mikvah because the same way you find there's a chi of mikvah from tar to tar between Avaidas and Ba'anyam Kippur. So you find this concept in the Torah. That a tar person goes to the mikvah. MMA will make a kavachaymer to say you even need to go to the mikvah always as you start your day. Okay. That is Ben Zayma's opinion. So according to, just keep in mind, because the Gemara is going to focus on this. According to Ben Zayma, the initial tevila is actually a chiyuv. Because it's an obligation. The same way I'm, the, the Kohen Gadol is obligated to go to the mikvah. In between Avaidas, even though he's tar, tar, kares, kares, everything, he, he, why go to the mikvah again? But the same way he doesn't give her, this initial immersion, even if he's tar, is a chiyav, you got to do it, kavachai. Rabbi disagrees. Rabbi agrees you need to go to the mikvah, but he disagrees to the reason. Rabbi says no. Rabbi You know why we, he goes to the mikvah? Just to like get him into the swing of things. It's, it's attached to the other, go, uh, other immersions in the mikvah. Okay, maybe if he goes to the mikvah, or maybe it'll help him remember, like, oh, oh yeah, like, you know, maybe I, maybe I walk by something tummy. It's like this added thing. But according to it doesn't seem like it's a real chiyot. It's a way to just get him into the zone. You know, get him into the zone of, of mikvah and, uh, and as a, a reminder to, you know, just in case he touched anything that was tummy. Okay. Says the Gemara, Bemai Kamifugi. What is the source of Ben Zayma and Rabbi Yehuda disagreeing? And also, what's an Afkamina? What's a practical difference between them? Because what do they say? We asked, why in the beginning does a Tar Kaya need to go to the mikvah? Ben Zayma said, oh, because Kavachaymer. Oh, you got to do it other times. You got to do it now. Rebuta says, eh, get him into the swing of things. Says, what's the nafkamin? So here we go. Top of Amadez, Lamadamadez. Answer the Gemara, an attempted answer. Okay, it's just an attempt, which we're going to question. But it says like this I'll tell you a difference. The, the difference between Ben Zayma and Rabbi Yehuda is whether the Kohen who doesn't go to the mikvah, does that mess everything up? According to Ben Zayma, it's, the it's a real obligation to go to the mikvah. The same way there's an obligation in between Avodas. So if the Kohen were not to take that initial mikvah dip, would the, would the Avodah be valid? According to Ben Zayma, no. Same way other Avodas are not valid unless there's an immersion. But according to Yehuda, the whole thing is to get him into the swing of things, says the Gemara. The Avodah is not going to be messed up. All right, so he didn't do it, but it's not ma'akib. It's not like an integral part of the avodah. There's no kavachaymer here. There's not, it's just, it's just, it's a good thing. All right, sometimes if you don't do a good thing, it's still valid. Okay. Says the Gemara. One second. That doesn't make sense because according to Ben Zayma, where are we said what's the difference? We said according to Ben Zayma, if you don't go to the mikvah, it's all messed up. According to Behud, if you don't go to the mikvah, it's not messed up. Says the Gemara, it's not true because Ben Zayma tells us elsewhere. That if the Kayan doesn't go to the mikvah, it's still fine. Listen to this. According to Ben Zayma, if the Kayan doesn't take that initial dip, is it going to be messed up? If the Kayan did not go to the mikvah, or did not the Kiddush die in Ragrain, 
um, when he was in between uh, changing, or in between the Avaida service in the Kaidash HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur, Okay, see, here this. According to Ben Zayma, if, even if a Kayin Gadol misses a standard dip in the middle of the Avaida, which he's comparing the initial dip to, right? You go a, a later dip during the Avaida. Still valid. Okay? So, which is very interesting, because according to this, if you follow, Benzaima says, uh, the, the Brysa says, there's not Benzaima, but the Brysa says that if a Kohen misses a Tevila in the Mikvah, it's still valid, but if he misses a Kiddush Yodayim Baraglayim, it's not valid. Okay? What you see from here, we would have thought opposite, right? If we were to ask each other, what's more ma'ake for a Kohen? Washing of his hands and feet or a dip in the mikvah? You'd say, oh, a dip in the mikvah is a lot more chashur. But over here, you see, it's not like that. You see, here, you see, it's not like that. And the Gemara is going to follow this theme. It's very interesting. You see from over here, if a Kohen misses a mikvah, it's still valid. But if he misses Kiddush Adayim Raglayim, it's not valid. The bottom line is, what do you see from this brisa? You see from this brisa that even if a, the kain or kain gadol misses a mikvah dip, that doesn't mess up the avaida. And therefore, let's keep in mind what we're trying to accomplish. What do we ask? What's the difference between Benzaim and Rabbi Huda? He said, oh, Benzaim holds if you miss a dip, it's messed up. Rabbi Huda says it's not messed up. Ask the Gawar, no, even according to Benzaim, you're not messed up. So we're back to our question. What's going to be a practical nafkamina between Benzaim and Rabbi Huda? We're back to square one. Okay. Rather says the Gemara, I'll tell you enough, Kamino. Okay, you know the difference is what type of Avera you're over. Okay, if you don't go to the if you don't go to the Mik, the Benzaima Koibasei, according to Benzaima, you transgressed in Asay. The Kabakhaimer tells us you mamish you have an obligation the same way the other dips are obligated. Not Ma'akev, Davaida, but you didn't have You missed an Asay. According to Rabbi Yehuda, you did the wrong thing, but you didn't transgress a biblical commandment. Because again, there's no kavachai mer according to him. It's just a, a good tazar. Okay. Fine. And this is what we're sticking with. We're going to stick with this answer. So for now, for now, at this point of the Gemara, let's, let's keep in mind the, the big picture. The Gemara started out with a shaila, And the Gemara's shaila was, um, the Gemara's shaila initially was um, what happens, um, how did we start with Benzaima? We said, uh, oh, why is a Kayan who's tar doing the Avaida at the bottom of Amaral? That was our question to Benzaima. Benzaima gave his answer. He says, the reason why he does the Avaida, even if he's tar, is a Kabachayma. The Buddha says, no, because the Gittazach. What's the Nafkamina? The Nafkamina is, according to Benzaima, if you don't dip, you transgressed in Asay. According to Buddha, if you don't dip, you didn't transgress in Asay. That's the answer, period. Now, asks the Gemara, Umi islay the Rav Yehuda, hai svara. does Rav Yehuda even agree that a Tahar person who's going to the Azara has to go to the Mikvah and it's a good thing, it's like expected? Mitzayra Taivel, Mitzayra, on the day that he's becoming Tahar, he shows up, right? Remember, we do the whole process with him. He brings his carbonus and the blood on the thumb and the toe. 
He stands by the Niknar gate. Now, is he completely tohar yet? No. He's not completely tohar yet, right? He didn't complete the process yet. Rabbi Yudah says, since he went to the mikvah the night before, he does not need to go to the mikvah immediately before coming to the Azara. See, see, Rabbi Yudah does not agree that everybody needs to, uh, needs to be taivo before going to the Azara. Zohar says, no, they're, they're the, it's unique circumstance with the Mitzorah. Why? We know for a fact the Mitzorah went to the mikvah the night before. So when you went to the mikvah the night before, you're safe. Right? However, in general, a person um, who shows up to the Azara, we're going to say, go to the mikvah. Okay? Ah, he says the Gemara, Okay? Um, uh, as far as the question was concerned, however, what were we thinking? That's really what it meant. We asked the question. How can Rabbi Yehuda say that you're supposed to go to the mikvah when you go to the Azara? I by Mitzrayah, it's different. So we gave a basic answer that, Mitzayra, that yeah, Mitzrayah is different because we know the Mitzrayah went to the mikvah. So Gemara is now asking, but the one who asked the question, what was going through their mind? Why did they think that a Mitzrayah is the same as everybody else and therefore he had a question? Why did he ask this question in the first place? So Gemara explains like this. Because he thought that this halacha of going to the mikvah was connected to a different b'risa, which says, Lishka We know that one of the rooms in the Ezra's Noshim of the Beis HaMikdash was called the Lishka Samitzayroim, the room that the Mitzayroim would prepare in and then go from there and stick their, their, uh, foot, their, their thumb and their toe into that area, okay? Shesham Mitzrayim, that's where the, uh, the Mitzrayim would go to the mikvah. Rabbi Yudah says, It wasn't only the Mitzrayim who went to the mikvah, but everybody went to the mikvah over there, okay? And therefore, the one who asked the question was bothered. It seems from Rabbi Yehuda that a Mitzrayim did go to the mikvah in that room, but over here we're saying that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Mitzrayim could just go to the mikvah the night before. So why was this room special for Mitzrayim? Gemara says, oh, it's a good kasha, but like kasha. We'll just answer you simply. One's dealing with a Mitzrayim who went to the mikvah the night before. Therefore, you don't need to, you know, uh, specifically go to the mikvah again. But if he didn't go to the mikvah at the right time, so therefore, he would be obligated to take a dip before uh, before entering the Azara. Says Gemara, but one second, either like Tavo, if the Mitzrayah was not even Tavo, Harav Shemesh Boy, then he has to wait till nighttime of the eighth day before he could do the whole process. If he's doing the process now, it must be he went to the mikvah the night before. Beautiful. The Gemara says, you're right. You can't wiggle out of that one. It's a great point. Ella rather says the Gemara, both prices are dealing with the Mitzrayah who went to the mikvah beforehand. Very interesting. One is talking about where a Mitzrayah went to the mikvah, but he wasn't so careful after, he doesn't remember whether he, 
he was totally careful to not become Tamei again. Then we say, you got to go to the mikvah again in the morning. We know you went last night, so you don't need to wait till this night. I, why you may go to the mikvah again? Because he didn't keep his mind on staying tar. But when a, when a Mitzvah kept his mind on staying tar, then we're not going to have him immerse again when he comes to the Azar. Okay. Says, come on one second. If the Mitzvah took his mind off you, so now he's got to restart the, the process over here. The Omar of Dustoy Bar Mosan, Omar of Yechiron, Hesachadas, Sarah Hazosh, Lishi Yushvi. The first is Hesachadas, he's got to do sprinkling on the third day and the seventh day. All right, so how's just going to the mikvah going to make him tar? He's got a much larger process to be concerned about. He's got to be sprinkled. Shemora says, okay, you're right. Granted again. And that, the way we, we tried answering the case of Mitzayra, and rec- again, what are we trying to do? We're trying to. To, to reconcile these two brises, one that says that the Mitzrayah um, who went to the mikvah the night before doesn't have to take a dip in the morning, and the brisa which says that the Mitzrayah took a dip before they, you know, before they went in. Trying to recon- reconcile you know, how that worked. The Gemara says, you're right. Okay, so we've got to come up with a little bit of a tweak over here. Both brises are dealing with a Mitzrayah who did not take his mind off mikvah, meaning he made sure that he still tarred. Like Kasha, but there's still no question between the two brides. How did Tavol al Das Bias Mikdash? One is when he went to the mikvah with this in mind. Okay? His Das was, why am I going to the mikvah? Because I want to enter the Beis Mikdash. Now, he made sure to stay tar, but the time of the dip, that was his Das. How did Lai Tavol al Das Bias Mikdash? The other one did not go to the mikvah for the purpose of coming on to the Harabayas, and, and uh, therefore, he's tar, but he didn't have this in mind, special to Harabayas, so we're going to say, go to the, mikvah, go to the mikvah again. Okay? Diva Yisema, another option could be, we're going to give two more options. Second option is, Tani, we learned, loy mitzaram amru alakaladam. Yeah, maybe we're not dealing with mitzaram who went to the mikvah in that room. Maybe, the Mitzaram just, uh, you know, either they went to the mikvah if they needed to, and they prepared there, therefore it's called after them. But Ela Ko Adam, we're really dealing with anybody else. That's the primary person who we're concerned about. We're, we're more concerned about other people who are coming onto the Azara. That's why, that's why they went to the mikvah. And we're not really so concerned about the Mitzaira. Ravina, Ravina gives another approach. Says, who maybe Ravina was just responding to the Chachamim in Lafi their own sheet, Lafi their own opinion, he would and Rebuta is going to state the following: Lidi, the according to me, Mitzayra ain't sarach tefillah. The Mitzayra does not need to go to the mikvah. According to me, Rebuta says, why not? Because he went to the mikvah the night before, the day before. If he went to the mikvah the day before, he's good. But Lidi, according to you, the Chachamim, Iduli, you should admit to me, easy mihas, that, that uh, at least admit to me. Okay, that's in context. That's what it means. The light mitzvah on Babad Amru that this halacha of going to the mikvah was not on the Harabayas and for the Azara is not only for Mitzram, Ella Kol Adam, but it applies to everybody. Rabbanon, Mitzayra Diyash Toma, Kol Adam, Deloi, Taishi, Be Toma. Acham hold Takano. And they say, listen, a Mitzayra has to go take a mikvah, uh, has to take a dip because at this stage of the game, he's still Tame. And therefore, he's like he's coming off of a Cheskas Tumma. Since coming off of Cheskas Tumma, 
we're going to be ultra concerned, a lot more concerned about the Mitzayra, but a regular Adam who has a chazak of being tar, we're not going to walk into shul, we're not going to walk into the base of Mikdash and start demanding according to them, according to the Rabbana, not as demand, everybody goes to the Mikvah, oh, you might be Tame, you need to go to the Mikvah. No, you have a chazaka of being tar. Somebody walks into shul, right? They're wearing a yarmulke, they're wearing tzitzis. Somebody shows up, you never met them before, right? You nemon, they're a yid. You don't have to check their yichas and see what's going on. They, they say they're a yid, you're a yid, they have a chazaka, you don't need a, and therefore the chum argue on the approach of Reb Yehud. Period. End of that discussion. Two lines to the bottom. Let's just read this last short little bit and get on to tomorrow's daf. Abaye says to his Rebbe, his Rebbe, Rebbe Yosef, are we going to say that the Rabbanon are arguing on Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, let's take this. This is going to take this conversation. It's going to take us to two lines to the bottom. Let's say that the Rabbanon argue on Rabbi Yehuda. The reason why the Rabbanon who say that, uh, that you don't need to go to the mikvah for a regular Yisrael is because they hold like Ben Zayma. And this that it says, Mitzayra, Leidiach al-Kaychay de Rabbi Yehuda. Oh, so he's asking a shayla. I read that incorrectly. So here we go. Abai asked Rabbi Yehuda, he's asking a shayla. He's not challenging him. He's asking a shayla, searching for information. And he says, there are Abonon who argue on Rabbi Yehuda. Okay? And Rabbi Yehuda said that if you go to the mikvah the night before, they're good to zach, but you don't really need to. Ben Zayma says, you need to go to the mikvah automatically. Okay? So over these Rabban over here, are they following the opinion of Ben Zayma, who's mamish makbid and says that it's a a, uh, a mitzvah, you're over and I say, if you don't go to the mikvah. Um, now, keep in mind, what this would do is, the, the way this would connect, is that according to Ben Zayma, that you're over and I say, so that's why, according to the Rabbanon, they would say there's no difference whether or not uh, the Mitzray already went to the mikvah. Either way, you automatically need a dip because of the Kavachayim. Okay? Everybody's going to automatically need a dip due to the Kavachayim. So why did we mention a Mitzray? To teach us the Kayach of Rabbi Yehuda. Okay? To teach us his, uh, his power. And the Rabbi is going to say his leniency is that even somebody who has a Cheskas Tumah, it's only a good Tazach to go to the mikvah. But there's no Chiyah. You know, there's no real obligation. That's one way. Idoma, or maybe shiny mitzayra the daish betuma. Maybe a mitzayra is different because he is, you know, surrounded with tuma. Okay, he's daish. He's he's walking. He's trampling within uh, within tuma, and maybe that's why. Um, uh, and maybe that's why we're going to be more machmir on the mitzayra, even lefi the chachamim. Okay, and the Chacham themselves will also just say a Mitzayra is obligated to go to the mikvah because he's walking in Toma, but a regular person does not need to go to the mikvah. Now, Lafiza, if according to the second side of the conversation, Rashi explained that Rabbanon would actually be following the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, not the opinion of Ben Zayma. So, we're trying to see is the Rabbanon really coming from the viewpoint of Ben Zayma of, of absolute Chiyavasei. Or are they coming from the viewpoint of Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Le'i Shani Mitzayra, the Da'ish Petoma, 
that it's taka b'tzerah is different. The doyish betumah the chachamim actually follow the viewpoint of of uh, Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, and um, and therefore the chachamim of this second brisa as well would be similar to the chachamim of of uh, the last brisa that we read, and the bitaka would make an afkamina between Novitzera and anybody else. Okay, period. That's the end of that topic. We're now two lines to the bottom. Amalei Abayler Yosef. We're going to hold it here for today. And Bezram, tomorrow, we will continue talking on this discussion between Ben Zayma and Rabbi Yehuda as to this, when the Mishnah says there's a tvila needed before we even start, and Ben Zayma says it's a kalvachaymer dika tvila, it's an assay, and Rabbi Yehuda says it's just a way to get you going, we're going, to, we're going to get a little bit into this logic as to what exactly Rabbi Yehuda intends from this initial dip. In what way is it getting the Kayan going over here? All right, we'll hold it here for this evening, and Bez Hashem pick up from here tomorrow.